What is up, everyone? Welcome to Pies Cards Podcast, show where we break down the video game news of the week. My name is Fonzie. I'm joined by my co-host, Gavaroni Jones. Gavin, how the heck are you doing? Dude, good. Where, where did this year go, though? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it happened. Um, it was slightly better, I guess, than last year, right? Yeah. Because no, that was I, I 2020. So. We didn't have the vaccine yet and mm-hmm. dark days. Now we have the vaccine, but nothing else has changed beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Vaccinated and clapping cheeks. And that's the, uh, <laughs> that's my new bumper sticker and, t- and tramp stamp. I tell you what, I tell you what. How you been, bud? I've been good. Although today I was walking around at work. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel the same depression that I do, not from like everyday life, but once we're post game awards, I just mm-hmm. keep thinking like, what else is there to look forward to? Like mm-hmm. E3 six months from now? Like that, uh, I felt really good. Like yeah. wondering what was going to happen to game awards. We got it, and it was debatable whether they, you know, succeeded or not. I was hoping for some like crazy announcements, but after Game Awards, I'm like, okay, what the hell next? What do I do? <laughs> Look, it's it's it comes all back to that Devolver Digital thing. It's like we care more about the hype, and now the hype is gone. That's a hundred percent how it is. <laughs> I actually liked how it we mm-hmm. anything was possible. Like we can go to the moon, you know, mm-hmm. everything before Game Awards, and then it happens, and we got some cool stuff. Yeah. But maybe we can never be satisfied you know, for announcements or whatever, but, but let's talk about game awards. What did you think now post almost a week later? Mm-hmm. How'd you feel watching that? The five hours that it was. Yeah, that was, that was shockingly long. I, I think it was a little, uh, I maybe got my expectations up too high. Same. Um, but I thought it was good. Um, I, um, I, I did hear like, uh, or I did see an article that made a really fine point of like, we should stop calling this game awards. Because that's mm. like almost an insult to like award shows. Yeah, the like, amount of award award coverage that's yeah. on the show. So, I hear you, and that's uh, there's been a lot of like post game awards breakdowns and mm-hmm. criticisms and stuff, and I think they are too long. Right, three hours is too long, mm-hmm. and maybe they can modify a way to or figure out like what's the sweet uh, point in how long it should be. Uh, somebody on Twitter, it was Brian Altano of IGN, was saying like, "What if we do one half of the of the show is awards, the other half is uh, announcements? Sure, kind of split it up that way. Maybe that yeah. will have people watching one or the other though, compared to watching the whole thing. Right. I don't know. Um, but Jeff Keighley's been going as before the show. He was going on Twitter and he'll do these. Um, I forget. It's called Spaces on Twitter. Anybody can jump on. They can ask a question. You can listen to it live, and he'll just take questions from anybody. And mm-hmm. so it was. He did one the night after on Friday morning. And just talking to random people, asking them what they thought, mm-hmm. taking uh, ideas, and people did uh, not grill him, but they brought up the points of like, okay, it's way too long, or not enough presence on the awards. Mm-hmm. And I think he brought up uh, fair counterpoints, but also was like willing to to listen to stuff. I did uh, like that. Uh, he was willing to hear from the community, like, what do you want to see? Yeah, yeah. And it has changed a lot in the past years. Like it used to be, I would argue more like Hollywood focused because they're really trying to like right, show yeah. why you should care about games. But now games are the the biggest uh, earner, revenue earning industry compared to like movies or TV. I think someone definitely pointed out that like there were there was probably twice as many twice as much ad time as there was like time given to the awards. Yeah, like and these people are being cut off super early, which is crazy. But is there any? To speak to the announcements, what what do you think was your announcement of the show, or what what are you know what's got you the most hyped that we saw, or maybe the first time we've seen gameplay for something? I I mean certainly Senua's sacrifice, or I, I don't know what the new one's called. Yeah, um, um, Senua's here we go again, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> We're back at it again. Um, but yeah, you know, that's the journey. <laughs> yeah, there you go. that's my um, game of the show. 
was mm-hmm. seeing Saint was sacrifice and seeing the engine and it's insane the mm-hmm. visual quality they're able to pull off and I can't wait to play it. Mm-hmm. There's that. Um, beyond that, I'm trying to figure out what was dope. It was cool to see that Quantic Dream teaser oh, reel for right, Star right, Wars. Right, right, yeah. And you're a huge. Well, aren't you? Aren't you a big Quantic? Eh, maybe I'm thinking something else. I'm. I'm um yes but it's one of those things where it's like your favorite streamer sends the n-word on 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 twitch it's like that with quantic dream where it's like you want to love them but they have so many uh, okay. skeletons in their closet okay. that was the best analogy i can pull out of my ass <laughs> no clue where you're going with that <laughs> with quantic dream they come with all this baggage oh like the uh-huh. uh the main the main uh, guy at the studio um i forget his name he's a well-known figure and he says a lot of crazy shit uh-huh. they have a lot of issues with um with um just the way they treat their devs, which some people brought up criticism where after Jeff Keighley's thing, basically referencing Activision and the criticism they're getting mm-hmm. that's that's justified, then they go into Quantic Dream, which has their own issues as a studio too for those same things. So it's kind of like, eh. But yeah, I, I, I like them. I wish they would do better and maybe get rid of the main dude. Mm-hmm. But I like what they try to do with their games where they have all these story branches and you can affect the story with whatever you choose. I re- I'm a big nerd for that kind of stuff. Right, right. Um, so whatever you know, studio ends up picking that up. There was a studio a couple of years ago, and they've made games since then, but they did this scary game that was on PlayStation first, where you could, uh, it was like a horror game, like a teen horror movie that was a game, um, had like a butterfly effect kind of concept where if you do something, yeah, I can't think of the name, something chronic, not chronicles, um, I know Man of Badan was one of them. Yes. Now they have uh, a, a, a storyline that arcs everything together. It's like a oh, universe. Oh, you existed. were talking about the first one. The first one. Uh, yeah, and that one got pretty high praise. And that studio uh, is really cool. I like what yeah. they're doing. I'm just a fan for that kind of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's my issues with Quantic Dream. But even then with that game, it's still like we'll see in four years. Like they're just starting on that yeah. game. So it's going to be a while. Um, but what comes to mind with you for this last game wars? It was like, oh shit. Well, there's the Warhammer too, right? Right, right. And we'll, we'll get to that in a sec. But you mentioned mm-hmm. Spooky. Uh, I, I think we got to talk about what the fuck is Alan Wake 2 going to be? Yeah. So Remedy did, um, they had, oh, what's the main dude? I'm blanking on his name. His name has a lake in there. Max Payne. He's the, yeah, he's Max Payne. But uh, <laughs> he was doing a bunch of interviews, did one with IGN with Ryan McCaffrey, and they talked about, oh. okay, what is Alan Wake going to be, the sequel? They're going, they're leaning hard on the survival horror, so they've, they've mm-hmm. confirmed that. It's going to be third person still, but they are still just like, they're working on it. It's all hands on deck, and they're not going to update for a while. But mm-hmm. um, I think they just lean you know further into the scary, spooky moments of Alan Wake that I've seen from footage, and maybe right. rely less on, on feeling like you're flying through the air like in control. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited. You know what? I think I figured out why I think there's two Alan Wakes. I think I was thinking of. There's a DLC. No. Well, there is DLC and it's very famous, but like there was a different game. I think it's from Konami. Oh, the evil within. Yeah. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Cause they're a third person, same kind of concept. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're going to push harder. Yeah. In their direction. But um, but yeah, I see what you mean with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Megan brings up in the chat um, the Thirst game from Annapurna. So it's like the dating sim thing where there's uh, your mom is one of the characters and she's just like uh, giving you shit oh, for dating. Oh, this, this the, uh, Annapurna. the one that like, had a, a, I want to say an Indian family, but some sort of Middle Eastern I believe family. so, yeah. Yeah, that looked hella fun. Right, and there's like dancing and fighting that's happening in the game yeah that looked look really cool 
There was another one. You walked out of the room for it. Um, you might pull it up on YouTube. I think it was called uh, Have a Nice Death. Have a Nice Death. And it looked like, it basically looked like someone mixed uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. Yeah, that's it. With uh, see, Hollow Knight. Gotcha. Uh, you can kind of skip the first part and just go right to the gameplay. Uh, well, this part is kind of fun. Uh, but the gameplay looks absolutely uh, phenomenal. Yeah, look at this. Ooh, yeah. That's fucking gorgeous. I see what you mean, yeah. With uh, Ori, almost Death's Door-esque mm -hmm. kind of uh, art style to it. Yeah. But 2D platformer action, yeah. So that was a that was kind of a shocking one. Yeah, uh, and then they had stuff, so we're seeing this was shown off before the Game Awards. They mm -hmm. actually showed off quite a bit of stuff before. They had this uh, game uh, that takes place in the movie, the TV show series that you like called The Expanse. Oh, right. And it's By the Telltale devs that Telltale, are working on it. Yeah. I thought they went under, so I'm, I'm excited to hear... I looked that up because I thought they were as well and they did go under, but they were bought out by another company to continue on and they kind of hired um, some of the main crew back on. Really? But now they exist as Telltale, but like funded by some more, somebody else. But yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Because I had also was like, oh, I remember when they shuttered, it was a big deal. But no, they're still around. Well, in the Expanse, I didn't realize too, they, uh, they're starting up their new season and they're, right. they've changed it. They've always done the whole things out at once, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and now they're going to a new episode each week. Which, I don't know, I like that coming back, or like, with Arcane, they did three episodes per week, and that yeah. worked. I like the experimentation. It's dumb that I'm wanting inconvenience in my life, but I think it helps with the enjoyment of this stuff. Yeah, we talk about, it like, it builds the hype and gives you something to look forward to, and yeah, there is an argument for that. It's just we're used to binging everything at once, but <laughs> is that their final series or final season? Uh, I don't know. I know there's more books, but I, gotcha. I think I mentioned it that I, I've been told this is the best. They've split one book into two seasons, and I've been told this is the best book. Oh, okay. So nice. We'll see. I don't know. It gets pretty. It gets pretty crazy. So I could see getting a little crazy fatigue. Gotcha. Hmm. But yeah, that's uh, a show I need to get into. I watched the first episode, and it's like the roughest, arguably, because that's when they didn't have the budget behind them yet and stuff. But oh, really? Um, but yeah, I watched the first episode of that show. I thought they had the budget from day one, but yeah, you might be right. Mm. And there's a my dude, a Tom something. He's in the pilot or the first episode. He is Tom. the original Hulk from the movie. Really? Tom Jane. Tom Jane. There you go. I have no idea who you're talking about. Can you look him up, bro? Yeah, Tom Jane. You, once I find him, you'll I've never seen the original Hulk. Um, really? I've been warned no way. I'm it. thinking of Bruce Bruce Banner. Oh, he's the original. Um, he's the original uh, Punisher. Tom Jane is right here. He's this guy. That guy played the... Yeah, the original Punisher Oh, movie. that is... No. Is... He's a... Yeah, was I think that's the a scene from Punisher? the... He was. Wow. Then they did a reboot, sort of, with another Punisher. Yeah, there he is with the uh, the fucking uh, paper cutter. Yeah, that's a great part of the, <laughs> part God, of the movie. He was so young back in that, like... Yeah, it's at like 30s. The wrinkles just hit. He's the got face. a weathered <laughs> face, let me tell you. I really like that Punisher. It's like, it's really cheesy. Yeah, sure. And I think that adds to it. And I think um, John Travolta's the bad guy. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That fucking scene, I think it was the end, so spoilers for like a 15-year-old movie, but the scene <laughs> where I think it's John Travolta being dragged behind a car into a parking lot exploding into the shape yeah, the of Punisher. the Punisher skull. That yeah. was amazing. Uh, but yeah, he's he's really good in it. Um, yeah, it's good. I don't know if it's your cup of tea, but more people. Should and I love sci-fi, so I gotta give it a shot at some point. It is it is 
the sciest of phi, and they take their psi extremely seriously. Oh, okay. So, gotcha. So, like, spaceships will be goofy-shaped, because it doesn't fucking matter. You're not dealing with the, as much friction in space. Sure, yeah. If you, as long as you have your warp drive, you know, engine, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or the aliens eating spice all day, and they can go teleport. <laughs> um, but did you... Yeah. So, we watched uh, Game Awards last uh-huh. Thursday. Did you watch anything... Experience life at all in the past couple days? Uh, I finished Ted Lasso season two. Ooh. Um, so I have no tears left. Uh, it's way too good. Gotcha. Uh, I've been watching again uh, uh, Umbrella Academy. Like, Oh, I, you told me that you rebooted that or started again. Yeah. Yeah. And I also like, I'm kind of excited because I can't entirely remember season one. Like, I can't remember who killed their dad at all. Um,. Did they they reveal it right? Because uh, I think the show starts with they meet so. up again at the funeral. Yeah, right. I don't remember who does it, but yes, that's. <laughs> oh, that's a good thing when you've watched a show, loved it, but you don't remember. Then it gives you like you feel like you're watching for the first time. Like me and Megan are watching The Good Place. It's the same thing where it's like mm. as we're watching, like didn't that thing happen? It's like I'm not sure if it happens yet or <laughs> imagined it, but it feels good to like feel like you're watching it again for the first time. Yeah. Um, there's certain shows you can do that, or like The Office. We'll watch that till the end of the world. And still find it funny. That's true. The first five seasons, then it falls apart. But <laughs> have you been watching anything? Um, not a whole lot. We watched the last duel. I don't know if you've seen. Oh, that. what'd you think? It was dope. Really, really, really fucking dope. Yeah. Okay. So it's Ridley Scott. You have Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, um, a bunch of other people. But those are like the main people mm-hmm. in it. But it's uh, based on historical fact. It's the last duel that took place in France in like the late. 1300s and the duel was over this dispute between these two dudes and um this woman who um she was sexually assaulted by this dude it's and the husband um defends her honor sort of but they play it they tell the three different interpretations of what happened so they go with matt damon who's a husband they go with um oh homeboy um um from star wars is in it who megan loves uh the guy with the nose and the ears and the tallness and he's got hair. Why am I blanking on his name? Kylo Ren. Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Kylo yeah. Ren is in it. And he's the guy who she's uh, you know, accusing of him. Uh, so they take his point of view. They take hers. They take Matt Damon's. And it's just the way they t- play, uh, tell the story is really good. There's very heavy moments. Sure. For sure. But uh, the overall story is I mean, it's a, it's a story about an accused rape. Yeah. So and, like, The trailer definitely makes it unclear whether it actually happened or not. The way they so play this very stresses good. me. <laughs> right. But it all like leads up to the duel mm-hmm. at the end. Man, it's fucking dope. You got to watch oh. it. It's so good. And then it's a bummer because we wanted to watch it in theaters. And that was one where Ridley Scott was uh, blasted all over online because he had that quote saying he was blaming teenage, right? teenagers and millennials for their <laughs> damn phones. He's like yelling at the cloud. <sighs> but it's like we wanted to watch a movie. We couldn't yeah. find it in theaters. So. Uh, we would have gone and watched. We did watch House of Gucci, which is also another Ridley Scott movie. Adam Ad, Driver's another in that Adam too. Driver movie. Yeah, he's everywhere. Year of Adam Driver, which it's Megan's just... not mad at that at all. <laughs> she loves her some Adam Driver. But yeah, uh, that was dope. Uh, beyond that, I started watching. So Xbox put out this uh, documentary about the history of Xbox, oh. about the beginning, creating the actual the first Xbox, and then going into the future beyond that. But it's really good, and they get a lot of like in depth interviews. Um, and they follow like the conception of getting it, getting the actual project green light, greenlit and the hurdles of like launching it at the same time, man, it's a really good story. Um, there is a clip I want to show you that's, that's just funny to me that I have uh, pulled up, but it's I, on YouTube. I, it's I like totally, a six oh, part. Oh, that's right. The rock. 
So when they did some promo, it's just a short little thing here. You know, you bringing that up kind of makes me think about like uh, randomly, but like Microsoft is very good when they start a product. They typically stick with it. Like we're so used to Google. Like the Zune. Maybe. It, <laughs> okay, that's a solid exception. But there's so many times where they, they start something and they back it to hell. And whereas like it, I, I think the secret is having a good launch. Uh, and I've heard people say like the Zune was amazing. Yeah, I think it was, but it's just the competition was so fierce with iPod and they yeah. had the the brand recognition and it was just easier, cooler too. Yeah. You know, you have Bill Gates going, oh, you can listen to music on the Zoom. It's like people didn't want to buy that because it was right. just not cool. But yeah, it was like a cool product at the same time. Whereas Google, it's just, let's abandon as much. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Stadia is still going. It is. I think 2022 <laughs> is the last year of Stadia, but yes, it is going. But here's a clip from this Xbox called Power on the Story of Xbox. Man, we've got back when The Rock wasn't super small. Yeah, we're taking it back to the year 2000. The Rock to CES. There was just a short bit here. Honestly, some disbelief. Like, you know, Bill Gates, The Rock, like, what's going on here? But they have a back and forth, which I find funny. It's really like muscle-bound Hollywood meets, you know. Oh, I finally finished uh, Red Nose this weekend. And, uh. Don't have I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, with The Rock and... Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yep, that's a movie. Well, The Rock's here to say that that can't be farther from the truth. The Xbox is everything The Rock is. Cutting edge, powerful, exhilarating. And they were funny together. Like, it actually worked. And they looked like they were best friends. I mean, The Rock doesn't impress easily, Bill. You know that. But I'm pretty damn impressed with what we're seeing here today. And considering that this Xbox at this moment is only running on one-fifth of the system's power, it's very impressive. Uh, Bill, do you have any idea what The Rock would be like if he were only running on one-fifth of his power? Well, I, I would think that... It doesn't matter what you think, Bill. Forgot he always talked in the force of habit. So, yeah, this is WWE <laughs> Attitude Era Rock, we showed but... Um, I just find that funny. But there's tons of like yeah. really cool uh, insights. They talked about just pitching the idea of the Xbox to Bill Gates. And then after that, like trying to figure out which team was going to work on it. So you had uh, Microsoft or Windows CE, which was like this porting Windows to other different platforms. They had Windows CE on the Dreamcast. So that team was still really? live within. Yeah. Huh. They, and it's on like the brand name and stuff with the Dreamcast. They handled networking and other stuff with them. But um, you had that team that wanted to that wanted to take charge of the Xbox project. And then you had this other team that was actually working on DirectX, which was the whole reason they went with making Xbox in the first place, because mm -hmm. it was more PC friendly, like you could actually port those games onto a console. Um, but they had to battle a lot with each other to like justify who could actually work on the game. Mm -hmm. um, they talked about making the Xbox prototype that they showed, which was that weird metal, polished metal X thing that they would uh, bring around every once in a while. That they sounds had like vaguely a familiar. Internals yeah. in it. It's, it's really good, man. You got to watch it. And just like the, <laughs> the stuff they they basically like um as the train was going like putting the tracks on to make it work at the last minute <laughs> really cool story but you gotta watch it huh yeah no I'm, I'm i'm super down for it i mean you think about like it was crazy to try and jump into that market at that time like you yeah yeah you've got the big boys like i think the xbox or the the dreamcast it basically was in the stages of being defeated why the fuck it would was. you enter this arena Exactly. Yeah. So, um, Sega was still in there, but though once the Xbox launched, they were kind of on the tail end and they mm -hmm. ended up making a deal with having their games on Xbox, but you had PlayStation, which was the huge juggernaut. And a lot of the reason why they went into that field in the first place was because, uh, from, from Microsoft's perspective, they controlled the, your office and then your den, like anytime you did work, 
right. then the living room, Sony owned it. They had all these uh, entertainment products, you know, stereos, radios, and then they had the P- PlayStation 2 and DVD players. And so they wanted to also enter that space. They couldn't handle Sony just owning the entire um, your home, basically, or the living room right. at the very least. So they jumped in because of that competition and then had to figure out how do we make money off of this? They gave that team a billion dollars to work on the Xbox within Microsoft. That was a lot of money back then. Yeah. <laughs> and knowing that, hey, we're going to lose money on these boxes as we sell them. The mm-hmm. idea is in time we make money off the software and we keep this train rolling. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a great insight into the entire history of it. And it's also it's like American company jumping into this when all the other companies were right. still foreign at the same time. They developed all their own hardware, which mean, meant that the developers had to figure out how to get their stuff to work on whatever chips and how they were arranged. Mm-hmm. And that was what, what ended up being so enticing to Dez was that this was made to work on PCs, vice versa. You can move that stuff around. That was their only like space that they carved out was having that PC compatible stuff. And yeah, really cool. Really cool. So there's like six parts. They're all like 45 minutes long, but I've been li- uh, listening to that mm-hmm. and also playing Halo and just like taking out chunks of the map. As a, so it's a great way to just like stay That's in your awesome. Xbox world playing that. I, I hope they at least spend, like I see those chapters, I hope they do spend a decent chunk on Halo. It's, I, I, I don't think it would have been a success without it. I'm on that part where the Xbox is launching and they're mm-hmm. securing the software at the same time. Mm-hmm. Halo wasn't done basically. The Xbox itself wasn't going to, they were going to have enough to actually ship. They're securing all these different um properties and working with sega to get their games on xbox because at the time sega was dropping the dreamcast so they already announced that so they're securing that contract to move all their games over to to xbox they had stuff like crazy taxi all their sega or um jet grind radio they all premiered on the xbox so they're making that deal but then xbox i guess they borked one of their um presentations at either ces or one of those where it just like wasn't working and that was a time where they still hadn't like signed the deal with sega and sega's ready to pull out and it's like a lot of drama behind the scenes. It's really, really cool. Jesus. Um, but yeah, you got to watch it. I highly recommend that, especially if you're ticking off Halo stuff at the same time. Hell yeah, I'm super down. That seems, yeah, that seems like a great way to do it. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay, we've played Halo. Let's segue into that. What right, do you, right, right. we can spend as much time because there's not a lot of new stuff going on too. So right. much time as you want. If you hate it, we'll just end it after two seconds. But <laughs> okay. what do you think about playing some Halo? How long, how much time has you put? have you put into Halo so far? Uh, I haven't played much this last week. Um, I really haven't. I, I think since we last talked, I haven't played anymore. It's just been a, a kind of cra- crazy times at home. So I'm um, trying to lay low. Um, I've I've mainly been like hanging out in my room, uh, honestly, playing Switch. Gotcha. Um, you could be playing Halo, but you're not. So you're on the me. Switch? <laughs> well, I mean, on your PC, but yeah. <laughs> With headphones on. Uh, but I, I think we're gonna have to default to you because yeah, I haven't I haven't progressed since our we last talked. How has your experience really diving into the Halo, uh, you know, into Infinite? How how's that kind of been? Have you how many boss battles do you think you've done? I've done about four, and they're pretty tough. So I'm playing on yep. Legendary. It's the second to last. There's, um, God, what's the last one after? No, Legendary is the top one. I think I'm on Heroic. Okay. So the second to last difficulty, and it's tough, but it's still doable. Like I feel, um, I'm I'm progressing. The ba- the boss battles are the ones that really like give me a lot of struggle. But it's um, they're built in these ways where like you figure out kind of the lay of the land, what you have to use to your advantage, whether it's the environment or the different power weapons around you, or just running around and trying to like you know give yourself time for your your health to reboot. Um, but I'm loving the entire game. It's really really dope. 
uh, you have played that initial level right before you get to the ring. And you said you did not like that. Yeah, it was a bit uh, linear, which is, you know, Halo is known for being linear, but also I feel like it's a pretty like, yes, it's a hallway, but I feel like it's a fairly wide hallway usually mm-hmm. uh, almost to the point of like a Bioshock, but not quite that much. Um, so, yeah, I guess that that kind of bothered me, but also I'm not the biggest Halo fan, so I, I could see just I'm not used to that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a blast. I'm, I, Cortana is just constantly talking. Uh, now, so you have the cool. new Cortana ish. So you have the weapon, yeah. which is like, it's the same voice actor too, but it's, right, uh, right, right. based on AI of Cortana's AI is the weapon. Do you know she voices apparently princess peach? No. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm listening. I found that out. And as I'm listening, like I don't even hear a single note of princess peach. In wow. There. Yeah. <laughs> Did not know that. So good for I mean, she's got range, apparently. Yeah, she's playing. So there's times where you have the uh, older Dr. Halsey, which Cortana's based off of, who's an older character. She's playing that voice. The original OG Cortana, who's also rampant now. And then you have the um, the weapon. It's all the same styles of that voice. But like she huh. actually gives you where you could tell this is like a different take on this voice, even though it's the same voice actor. That's going to be so rewarding. Right. To pull that off in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure next game awards is going to be right up there with uh, performance of the year. But even uh, Master Chief, so he's so. typically very like just one cool phrase that he says. He's very quiet. Mm-hmm. He does come out of his shell, his uh, Milner armor a little bit more in this game. <laughs> Milner armor. Is that what it's called? Yeah, M J O L R N Y P. But um, yeah, uh, he talks a bit more. He's a bit. He has more emotion. A little bit. He's still like that robot you know, the Master Chief that we're known for, but he plays off of the AI very well where they kind of, it's like the straight man, uh, funny man kind of thing with the, they, that they play off of. That's done really well. Uh, there's the pilot that you've interacted with already. Right, right. He sticks right. around with you. I found him in the beginning very annoying because he's uh, always telling you, and it's funny because yeah. he's the only sane voice. He's like, oh, we shouldn't go on this ring. Mm-hmm. We're outnumbered. We don't have enough weapons. You know, they, they, already, they already kicked our ass already. So we're back on this ring trying to fight them again he's right. the only sound person giving you advice and master chief's always like i got one bullet okay i'm gonna do it and then right. you have cortana or the ai but so i found him annoying but he's actually he makes sense but as you play it he starts to show more emotion you realize like what he's fighting for or why he's so he wants to be safe you know and he's he's uh not sure of like doing this in the first place and i think they they did that well they balanced that well with showing his emotion so something we're seeing here as well um not not to jump away from what you're saying, but mm-hmm. fuck that grappling hook. Oh, that makes the game for me. It makes the game. It's so good. I almost I I, I it, it's it's a dumb thing, but like I almost wish in multiplayer just everyone had that, and then they can have whatever additional powers. It's that fun. I thought that from the first flight where mm-hmm. I had such a blast flying around or zipping around the world with the feeling like mm-hmm. Spider Man with this yeah. uh, grappling hook. But in multiplayer, it's it's an equipment that you can find. And even if you do find it, it's like three or four goes and then it runs out. Right. For bouncing purposes, I totally get it. But it's so goddamn fun. If once they start to unlock and then we have Forge coming out eventually, mm-hmm. they give you these game modes you can toggle. I for sure want to play somebody's game mode where it's just like infinite grappling <laughs> hook. We're zipping around. Right. And it's going to make it hard to shoot people, but also you can move around too. So I can't wait for that. But yes, yeah. that, that new addition has been... A great improvement to the gameplay and it just makes it more fun to zip around like um as i'm walking through zeta halo i'm just using the grappling hook and scaling mountains yeah i'm just doing that 
And I would say it's not even really overpowered either with how much you can traverse with it. It's right. just kind of fun. It has the cooldown mode, so you can't go anywhere, um, but it feels very fun. It reminds me of when I first played Skyrim. You can follow the path up a huge mountain where they want you to go somewhere, <laughs> but I'm just like an asshole jumping yeah, as much as I can. Gone. Yeah, just using any bit of geometry. I'm doing that with a grappling hook this time around, and it's fun. Yeah, yeah. No, they did a great job. Are you? Have you come around on this gun? I think early on you said you didn't like it. I, I do. That's one thing I like about the campaign is I'm playing around with different weapons that I wouldn't use in multiplayer because they're a bit strange. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like life or death situation feels like where it's like, I'm going right. to die if I don't use something I'm comfortable with. But with campaign, yeah, I feel more open to try stuff. I do like this because it looks like a shotgun, but it has quite a bit of range on Definitely it. Definitely not a shotgun. Right. Just yeah. the way you load it. It's like these huge uh, bullets. Yeah. But I'm digging it. The battle rifle's dope. Um the there's like a sort of assault rifle deal it's not the normal ar assault rifle there's a different one that's really cool um i actually don't know what you're talking about yeah it's more of like a there's a name for it i I can't remember but it's like a streamlined kind of assault rifle not the big bulky standard assault rifle from halo but even that one's fine to use i like the regular assault rifle but um grenades are you know dope Uh, you can only hold two of each type of grenade i would like to hold more because I'm an idiot, <laughs> right. but uh, I'm always, always flinging them. I'm using the, you can upgrade your grappling hook where you can shock enemies. So I'm doing that. I'm grappling to them, shocking them at the same time. And then melee shotgun feels great. I think, I think one of the biggest strengths this game has is it's simple, right? It's just, you know, you yeah, they nailed the core grenade. gameplay of it. Yeah. It's, it's so good. Now we've added grappling hook and, and it, you have and, the open world on top of that. Yeah. I'm still getting used to the time to death in campaign as opposed to multiplayer. Uh, that's a little weird to me. Uh, is this uh, so? You're not talking about this gun. So that is a standard assault rifle. There's another one that um, it's not burst, which this one is oh, burst. Oh, I know. But it's not the battle about. rifle where you yeah. can zoom in. I'm terrible with that thing. Mm. Even though it's got way better accuracy, I just can't. Even though I've got my my settings all honed in. Yeah. I can't keep that thing on point. It reminds me of just the pistol, just like a high capacity version of the pistol. I love this pistol. Though. Oh yeah. Oh, in, in multiplayer, that's like my go-to. I think they bounce that so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, nothing but good things. I'm trying to avoid finishing the story as at the point I'm in right now, I think I'm three quarters. I'm pretty close to the end of the story. So now I'm taking off stuff around the map. Mm-hmm. So to just give me more time, but I'm about 15 hours in, I'd say. Oh, well, but now, um, is the story doing it for you? It is. Uh, so I've, that's one criticism I've heard from a lot of people. And I think, you know, it's justified, but for me, I'm, I'm satisfied with what they're revealing. I think from what I've heard too, without, um, trying to read the ending, the way they, there's not a payoff that people are saying. So I haven't experienced that yet, but what they reveal with the story I'm liking, I like the, the new AI companion, which is the, the weapon. She's this, um, she's almost like this younger kind of naive uh, AI, but she's funny. Um, she's not as serious. She plays off of Master Chief very well. There's the pilot that I've grown to to like a lot, especially when he has this kind of breakdown and you have that moment with him. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm pretty uh, positive on the story. I, I dig it. The other characters tend to bring out a little bit more in Master Chief this time around. Mm-hmm. He's not so like isolated. It feels like from the past games. Um, so I'm digging the story. They're revealing more about the the ring and where it fits into the lore. Uh, and I find myself going back and watching a bunch of like just history stuff with Halo on YouTube to try and like familiar, familiarize myself with it. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm back. I'm back into the the fan base with Halo. I dropped off with five. And um, this one is a spiritual successor. So they're not erasing stuff, but they're kind of trying to 
thread this this needle where it's like they're trying to bring new fans in and almost refresh it, but still keep that same storyline going. So it's a hard balance to to strike, but I think so far they've they've achieved that for me. You know what they should have done though yeah. is uh, so they delayed this game like a full year, right? Yeah, it'd be really fun if they just isolated that build so we could say, okay, guys. Here's here's the old build. Here's why we waited a year. And how much of a mess is that game? I wonder if that helps because that's an interesting argument. Like a lot of games, really any game could do that where they have their old build that people are unsatisfied with unsatisfied with and go, hey, here's what it could have been. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Or like maybe that helps you realize like, oh, we've got it way better now with this build. Right, right. But Can it's you... like also showing a piece of your artwork that's not ready. Right, right. Can you grab those shields with grappling hook? I haven't tried it. The shields that are planted, I don't believe you can. No, the the ones they hold up. Oh no, because they'll block your. It's like an energy shield, so they'll block uh, your uh, your grappling hook. Okay, okay. But yeah, it's sort of like it's not to the point of Doom Eternal or the last Doom. Yeah. Where you have to use special weapons and special techniques for every enemy, mm-hmm. but they do a little bit of that. Where with those energy guys, you can't grapple to them. Um, a lot of the the brutes. You can still grapple to them, but they'll block. So once you get there, you when your melees don't do anything. Right. So they do a little bit of that. I think they could go harder in that direction where with Doom, you had to you know be doing specific things for each enemy and it felt really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, you can still like melee the, the shit out of people and, and get through stuff. You know, that, that kind of reminded me uh, when you brought up the Doom thing. Uh, I was, after uh, Space Marine 2 got announced, I was, I was going through some, just some threads of people commenting on the announcement and uh, yeah, people just overwhelmingly a positive. Like, I think one big comment uh, that I kind of love is like, I'm not a Warhammer 40 K fan, but I am a fucking space Marine fan. Mm. This game made it for me. Uh, But something someone pointed out and I kind of forgot about was that this game did the glory kill system. I want to say two to three years before doom eternal did. Which one? A Warhammer War? Yeah. The space. Marine. Oh, okay. It had that, that, glory kill so if you were doing bad in combat the only way out is to do better in combat gotcha and i i completely forgot about <laughs> we that. have to lean in closer to, to yeah finish it. yeah i think the only and as one addition uh into that is like so you know in like god of war how there's that like fury mode or whatever yeah so this had that as well and when you're in fury mode you're constantly regenerating health and dealing more damage but you also get full fury mode way more often like maybe every three battles you probably have full fury Mm. so it's actually a thing like god of war i almost never used that damn thing or it it would fill up and i would forget often too so this it was an active resource that you are managing so it like you either gotta fight fucking better yeah or you have to manage your resources and that was really fucking cool Um, so that just, sorry, that reminded me of that, but yeah, they, they did the glory kill system before doom. Well, this game doesn't have glory kills, but it does have the grunts that say very funny things to you. (laughs) I've heard they're fantastic. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) And it's weird where they could easily go the route where it's like cheesy, the amount of humor that's in there, Mm -hmm. but they balance it well, where the grunts are just free to say whatever they want and it makes sense and it's hilarious and you feel bad almost for shooting their head off. I think that's something that I think that's part of the reason why when I was watching people play it, that it reminded me so much of Borderlands is like the, if the enemies are making you laugh. Right. That's that. And the other characters vibe. will do that somewhat um, like the you can commandeer um, out of the sky. You can find you can find the um, not the banshees, but over those flying little deals. It's like I've never played a fucking Halo game in my life. 
but those uh, the are flying they? ships they might be the banshees. Then the ghosts are the are the are the hovering yes. ones. Yeah. So the that banshees right. you can grapple out of the air and and commandeer them, and they're always elites in there, and they're always will say something snappy to you <laughs> in their elite way. <laughs> And they'll just be like, oh, this guy's, you know, he's this, uh, this person's stealing my, or the, the chief is stealing my thing. Like, they're just great with how they have these little quippy <laughs> comebacks, but it works for their character too. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I love it. Um, at one point, there's a grunt that will say, when he kills you, he'll say, who's Craig now? <laughs> Referring Craig. to uh, <laughs> Craig, the the brute. Ooh, this is the only boss battle I fought. This guy was fun. He was tough. Yeah. Yeah. I dug it. Um, there's a lot of these boss battles that are... I think they fit really well because it really mm-hmm. isn't boss battles in, in Halo. Mm-hmm. They might just throw a bunch more enemies at you, but these guys are, they're well armored. They have their power armor over it too. Right. So you have to just find whatever's around you and be really strategic with it. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. I'm liking it. I think I died on them like four times. I did as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when you finish it, it feels great. It's like, I imagine the same feeling why people love those uh, Demon Souls games. Because mm-hmm. once you die, 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 once you do pull it off, it feels great. But these ones are actually achievable. Yeah. So that's cool. I mean, it just goes to, yeah, really a good boss design should be just fun. And this right. is, this is fun to fight. We want to keep playing. I have heard of other boss battles towards the end, which I'm kind of getting close to mm-hmm. that are very, very tough. And so I'm not looking forward to that, but right. yeah, I'm just listening to podcasts and, and clearing off stuff in the world. Oh, there's plenty of like audio logs you can find along the way that are really cool that mm-hmm. explain the lore. Um, and then just hearing the grunts and stuff where more often now I'd like to hear the world. You don't want to just mute it out completely because there's a lot of cool stuff that happens around you. The sound uh, around you is really, really awesome. And just hearing the nature sounds and the stuff that's going on and hear little battles in the distance. Yeah. I think they nailed it. I'm very excited for... I'm also wondering, and people are kind of breaking this down online, what does the future look like? So 343 has said, this is Halo. Like this is the last... This is their Halo for this generation. There's not going to be a Halo Infinite 2. What they're going to do is add on to this one as it goes forward, kind of like a live service game. But from what I understand and from what I played, I played quite a bit of uh, of Halo Infinite, there's still a lot of the ring you don't explore. So do they just kind of start unlocking parts of the ring? Unless at the end you blow up the whole thing, then yeah, you have nothing left. But assuming that's still standing, I guess I could just unlock chunks and this is a new world in a year or two. They unlock stuff like that. I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah, yeah the focus is multiplayer and then adding stuff to this as time goes on. I think one thing, uh, one other comment from reviewers that I do immediately agree, and I started agreeing with it very quickly, is, fuck, this would have been better with co-op, though. Yeah. Especially with the boss battles. Like, make them a little tougher, too. Right. But And kind of scale it. I wonder how they're going to deal with that when it comes to co-op. They could get back in good graces with the co-op thing if they pair the co-op announcement or launch with a new DLC, like a new part of the Halo ring Ooh, to help to give uh-huh. you both, if both parties have finished it, which most likely like, you know, in six months we have, they give you an incentive to join together to fight this new area. That could be cool. Yeah. yeah otherwise it's fan fucking tastic. And uh, I love it. I'm a Halo fan now. I bought a cool uh, Lego set of a Master Chief helmet, which I haven't showed you that's in the room. I, I think, well, it was, it? it was displayed out there, right? I didn't yeah. realize it was Lego. It just looked like a helmet. So it's not Lego. It's Mega Bloks. They still have the rights somehow <laughs> to the Halo property. Somehow. <laughs> They've had that for so long. It's been a long time. And you yeah. think eventually that runs out and they come time to like talk to Mega Bloks again and they give them whatever amount of cash to still make it work. So, right, But right. it still snaps in. It works fine. It's not Lego, but feels like it. But yeah. as a kid, I remember getting burned where for one Christmas... And it's always in the back of my mind. One Christmas I got this, this huge pirate set uh-huh. and I see that first. I'm like, oh, sweet. And I tear off more of the wrapping and it says Mega Bloks. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's like Rosard or whatever compared to Crayola. Oh. 
I really like their, uh, they had like a cool alien set that I had back in the day, and I fucking love the Mega Bloks aliens. They were super cool. Was it their own aliens or like Alien the movie? Uh, it was their own aliens. Gotcha. And this is way pre-Halo and stuff. I see. Um, I think yeah. they've gotten better now, but back in the day, it was like stuff wouldn't snap in. It was missing little nipple <laughs> things, whatever those are called, that snapping together. It was bad. What's the proper term for the tiny little, for each little nugget know. of contact? Stud, maybe? Stud makes sense. I'm going to call yeah. them nipples. <laughs> but uh, do you have an interest to continue and actually see this campaign through? I do. I, I do admit, like, co-op would just be wave more fun. Especially when you're saying, like, you're, you haven't put in that many hours and you feel like you're almost done. Like, that seems very doable. Yeah, with the campaign uh, at least, there's a ton of stuff that you can uh, chip right. away at. It doesn't seem daunting too. Like, uh, um, there's a Witcher where there's just a ton of stuff on screen uh, that always kind of boy. like overwhelm me. I Here's think the bar. Talk to everyone in it. Nope, <laughs> I'm good. I'm out. Yeah, and remember all their names too. <laughs> oh, okay. you didn't remember their birthday? <laughs> well, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. I I, I was playing before you you got here and. Mm-hmm. Really digging it. I'm glad to be a fan of Halo again. And yeah, yeah, nothing but positive stuff. You know what I ended up playing, which I'm sure, I don't even know if this has crossed your radar though, is uh, I think it's called Voice of the Cards. Okay, now is it a card game? Uh, well, <laughs> all right. Yes, but I'm also not even really. So it is. Any card game is always a card game. It's no, but, uh, and this is, and this is the thing too. It's sure like, and reviewers game. agree. This isn't a card game. This is an RPG that takes place in the form of cards. Okay. But it has nothing to do with cards. Like, that's just the art style is everything is cards. Um, but this is made by the guy who made Near Automata. Oh. And it sounds like this was sort of just like an in-between big projects game. I'm going to make this thing. And I, and I think that's why it's cards, because it's a very simple art style. I'm sure... Like this game probably costs almost nothing to make, hmm. um, but it, it almost feels like an indie game with like really high production values. Is it set in that near world or no, it's like its own? Okay, no, gotcha. it's its own thing. Uh, but yeah, you're out there grinding, so like cards can everything can level up. Like the the fact that it's cards has nothing to do with anything aside from maybe keeping production costs down. I see. Um, but dude, it's it's fun. Uh, I'm curious to see. Uh, how much my choices actually matter. Yeah. Um, the combat is fun. So it looks pretty cardy to me. Let me tell you. Yeah. It's, it's technically cards, <laughs> but also no, it's not. I see. Okay. So it's not like, you know, like a slay the spire or anything. It's just the art style is cards. Well, you know what? There's an Annapurna game that is also card based, but not, it's like a first person shooter ish, but it's card based and it's from the, the fuck? it's a well-known dev that's doing this game. And uh, it's like a, a really big departure from uh, their last one. Um, man, why do I need to find this game? And it's coming out soon. Um, maybe just Annapurna Games and see what pops up. Yeah, it's almost like Doom with how you... Neon White. There we go. Oh, it's the yeah. shooter? It's a shooter, yeah, but there's card involved in it. really original. Speaking of, though, uh, something I've been noticing. What's that weird fucking creepy uh, card game that was put out by Devolver? Weird, creepy card game. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, um, but it's whatever it is. It's it's like it's got the board anyway. Um, it is. Is it been, based on a property? No, it's it's a oh there it is inscription. This motherfucker has been top seller 
on Steam since it came out. This Whoa. is a tiny fuck, and that makes me want to buy it. Uh, I wasn't gonna buy it because I don't have time, but top seller for what, like two, three weeks? Wow, that's you're not GTA, right? Or Minecraft or whatever. Yeah, like these these people have more money than they know what to do with now. So that's so this that's is uh, card gameplay. Mm-hmm. But it's also like you want to get away from the board. You want to like do stuff. There's other elements like you. I oh. mean, it's very. It's made by the creators of Pony Island. And it's very them, like, huh. breaking the fourth wall, doing all sorts of weird shit. I think I do remember this in one of their last ones. Yeah. Seen some footage. I remember seeing, like, I was watching a streamer play, and they, they were like, oh, a knife, what does that do? And the first thing they do is stab out their eye. <laughs> oh, okay. That's cool. Um, yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I need to check this one out. That's cool. Yeah, people love, I think when you love card games, you really love card games. Like... This one's more of a card game than the thing I'm playing. I see. Okay. Uh, But something I just saw on the screen. uh, Oh, let's do Neon White. Yeah. Uh, Just to check out some of the... So this is coming out soon-ish on consoles and Switch, but you're able to toggle between powers, I believe, with the cards, and Uh you can find new cards and swap them out, that kind of thing. But you're using the cards to shoot or to offer like different cooldown time and stuff and melee. But the way you're swapping, I'm trying to like wrap my head around it. But uh, it looks really neat. Yeah. But you are using cards. And on paper, once there's cards, I'm like, okay, I'm cool. I'm, I don't see any more. <laughs> but this does spark my interest. Yeah. I mean, the it's definitely like pretty well nothing else. I mean, aside from like an arcade shooter, but even that's clearly not an arcade shooter, even though it's an arcade shooter. This is the Donut County dev. That's who it is. Oh. Remember Donut County, how weird it was? Right. Man, and this is like a crazy different game compared to that. Man, that was a fun game. Yeah, I love Donut County. That was a great... Just, I think I did that in one session. Yeah, you usually could. That was the only one... I mean, I think I've, I've platinum a game since on PlayStation, but for a while, that was the only game I platinum, and I kind of liked that that was the only platinum that I had to me. Yeah. To my name. That was fun. Uh, we did see a little bit of The Matrix uh, there on, on the YouTube. Oh, yeah. We'll jump to... So they had uh, The Matrix uh, UE5 demo. Yeah. Um, so I'll show you some of the clips here from the demo itself. So it's on PS5, Xbox Series uh, devs. or Can you not play it consoles? on PC? Wow. This not looks... yet. Uh, it's possible they will unlock that because the last time they let you play around with UE5 tools, mm. that was that, it's like Elder something. It's a the name of the demo where you're in this kind of sandy, rocky area with that female character. Right. They let PC players use that and play with it. But this one's just on consoles. I did hear apparently they're going to release like the stuff for this. Apparently, yeah. So it's all, and that's Which one big thing. They're they're really uh, driving home with UE five is like streamlining streamlining development. So all the buildings, the fire hydrants, all the assets, like they'll carry over. You can use that for your game, which is nuts. This is using that. Uh, I forget what the system is called in um, uh, Unreal. The uh, the night night nitrate night. Um, Oh, right. I forget what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There's a couple of uh, terms that they've coined for their different uh, features. Nanite. Nanite. There we go. And that's where it's scaling really well, right? Yes. Pixels and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tons of, tons of polygons, which is to now be you're fair. Now, this is the gameplay game, actual, if you can call it gameplay here. It's like you toggle uh-huh. between left or right options. It's basically like a rail shooter that's even more limited. Sure. But they're, they're still using the engine to render like the, the, the physics, the effects, the particles. Mm-hmm. But it's just limited what you can actually do. And you played on this this on your Series S. No, I, I play this on PS5. I did download on Series uh, S, but 
didn't really try it because once I kind of got my fill of the demo, I was I was set after that. But but it shows off just how beautiful this engine looks and how all this stuff is running in real time. Yeah. Um, Digital Foundry had a, has a great breakdown and they're showing comparison from this scene, especially when they'd line them up between the series and the PS5. Yeah. They're not one for one where the physics are handling when cars flip over and stuff where it's a little different every time. Really? Just to show it's like this, the engine is actually doing it. They do cut between different scenes that they film within the engine mm -hmm. and they point it out when it happens too in that um, Digital Foundry breakdown but they're able to do it pretty seamlessly. Like there's a part at the end of this where the bridge does blow up that is rendered already. Then they just like seam that into the scene. Gotcha. But is then, it... well, there's the actual engine you get to play around with at the very end of this. Oh. And they show you it's a, there's like a debug menu that let you toggle stuff on and off. So you can do the day night cycle. You can turn cars on, see their like collision and how they interact with the world. Um, and you can zip around the entire, it's a huge city. Like I thought, okay, yeah. that's going to stop me at some point. Ooh. No, it's this huge city. And everything's rendered instantly, basically. Like there's no pop in as you as you uh, whip around. It's all there, wow. and crazy detailed running on a console too. Like I think this is a good proof of concept where it's like, here's what this actually looks like running on your console at 30 frames. Yeah, the gameplay might not be there, but just showing you like this is achievable. Yeah. It's just a matter of people. And now the tools are in the hands of devs, so it's only a matter of time before we see this kind of visual quality in games. Right. This lighting is stupid, by the way. This right? is just good god. I really wish I could play this on my PC. I think I'm assuming eventually we'll be able to, or they just lock this to consoles. I'm not sure. Sure. But yeah, it's pretty nuts to see like what is possible and it's running in real time. Um, I'm trying to think of the games that have announced they're already using UE5. I know the co coalition with uh, Gears 5 or the next Gears is working on uh, UE5. Um, Send you a sacrifice. I believe they switched to UE5 as well. Mm. Um, so Certainly Wukong. Wukong, right? They announced that they were doing that too. Yeah, this reminds me. Something I was very surprised at the Game Awards that we didn't see. Fable. Yeah, that's that's a, that was a weird one. you think it'd be kind of a shoe-in, but that's the thing. I think Microsoft is holding this stuff till they're ready, and I assume the next E3 is going to be just like juggernaut reveal after reveal where they really show what they've been holding on to. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're already starting to just put it all out there now you uh of course have played uh cyberpunk on a very powerful machine yeah. how does this kind of compare to that sort of thing um i would say this looks better still but okay. um there's a lot more going on within the actual gameplay of cyberpunk where it's it's still harder to run right you have all this dynamic lighting which this does but it's still kind of like basic stuff it can depend on but you have much different neon lighting you're you're driving around entering cars there's destruction on the cars there's not really that much a level of uh, destruction in this uh, demo. So it's like, it's a lot of what's potentially possible, but if you draw everything back kind of thing, once you start to implement, okay, we have, you know, combat mechanics, we have particles are happening on screen. Then you have to start to toggle things back and forth. I still think this is achievable, but at the moment, something like Cyberpunk on a 3080, 3090 looks, I don't know if you can say it looks better, but it's running at a, at a natural speed and with, with actual things happening like a game would. And this doesn't have that same kind of stuff. Right. It's very tame with what's actually happening on screen. So they can kind of exceed in what they do, but with a, an engine or a game like Cyberpunk, it's like all this stuff is happening. You can shoot things, you can do things. So it's like, it's more taxing as far as what the engine can handle. Right. right. But this looks better, but Cyberpunk while running really looks, uh, looks very good. It's actually, it's been a year since Cyberpunk as well. I've been seeing some people kind of retroactively, retroactively looking at the last year with Cyberpunk right, and right. were people too hard on it? Were we, you know, 
where the criticisms valid they were, but like how has the build inc increased in quality since the past year? And it's been in interesting to see those perspectives. I need to pop in and finish that game. I don't even think I'm, I think I'm only like eight hours from the end. Yeah, you're super close. Remember you telling me? <laughs> um i'm i'm waiting to see once they eventually do dlc for it which that's yeah. down the line but they've pushed a lot of their stuff further into next year yeah which man this game probably needed another year to bake in the oven right it was done on pc basically besides mm -hmm. all the bugs and stuff but even then it was still playable but they might have needed an extra year on console right and maybe they would have avoided a lot of the drama by doing that even though that would have been super unpopular but if they said hey this right. isn't ready we need to wait yeah but it's it was released and it's all part of the history books now. Yeah. But but yeah, this demo's out. People can play it on uh, next gen systems. Dang. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, but you played some Shovel Knight, right? Why don't you tell me about that? I did. Uh, so I don't know. So this is, oh, okay. This is someone actually playing. All right. Good. Yes. This footage is here on uh, YouTube. Iconoclast has the actual. Iconoclast. Yeah. So this gets, this turns into chaos immediately. Um, and I'm very bad at it. Um, and I, but I want to get better. It's just, it's, it's very thinky, but also you see that timer where like, if you don't move everything, so everything moves at the same time you do. Um, but if you don't move, it's going to go ahead and move for you. Oh, um, and yeah, it's just very chaotic. Are you trying to match things kind of like a Tetris. Tetris so you're trying to defeat the enemies. Um, but if you defeat an enemy, any enemies that are the same type next to it, or touching that they can chain okay um so you want to chain stuff right and that's pretty cool but it's almost like i don't know it almost reminds me of like a yoshi's cookie or it's not a like pre-planned puzzle it's just stuff dropping or a dr mario or a dr mario yeah never played I, it but i know it's the same kind of cascading stuff that you have to right get lines and, and remove the stuff on screen right exactly and there's the door so they need to get the key uh, and they get out the door that's a neat idea yeah it's it's really cool uh it feels very fleshed out it's just fucking brutal and i think it I, matches that world perfectly too shovel knight oh yeah absolutely absolutely uh i was watching a little bit of a streamer playing it before i came here and they were talking about I guess King of the Cards is a little more like puzzle puzzle, like planned puzzle. Gotcha. Um, whereas this is, yeah, it's very freeform. It's very chaos. I'm really fucking, they got these yellow boys here. So yeah, once armor. you hit them, uh, they block. And I'm really struggling with that mechanic. Do you have um, some kind of attack that gets rid of that or not them? not that i know of you have to plan or, or move around them basically yeah so i'm terrible at fighting them gotcha. um and, and you can upgrade stuff looks like yeah you can get some light upgrades you can get some items but i think you can only hold one at a time also something that i think is kind of fun but also frustrating is uh you're gonna take damage so anytime you attack an opponent they counterattack. so you are constantly healing getting back into the fight healing getting back into the fight which I'm really bad at. And then um, you have to find these healing potions in the actual sea of stuff, right? Yes. Gotcha. So it's just a lot. I, I should be playing it. I think this distance from the screen would be more ideal. I'm playing on PC, so it's a right. little closer. <laughs> so yeah, it's very hard to see everything. Yeah, but... now was this planned to release on mobile or are they just going for a mobile style of gameplay? Because it's not on on phones it's just on yeah. switch and pc it's not even really mobile style of phones it sounds like it's a confusing title but you're in a pocket dimension okay because so. yeah the pocket thing i think of yep it's not like a game boy it's like a phone yep i think everyone is confused by that one so but gotcha yeah it's fun it's fast-paced but fuck it's tough 
is it Yacht Games that owns this or is a dev? Yacht Club, but they've Yacht also Club. got a few different studios making stuff for them. So Nitro made something I can't remember. This was made by Vine Games. Mm. So, yeah. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, it spikes my anxiety watching this. So, yep. Well, <laughs> you should try playing it. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> Jeez Louise. So much worse. All right, yeah, well, we got some news we can jump into. Yeah. Switch over to that. We got the first one here. Talk about some Halo. Oh, you know what? Last thing on Halo is they're, they've, uh, tomorrow or today, you can actually play different uh, multiplayer modes. So there's a Team Slayer, Fiesta, Free For All, and Tactical Slayer. So they've been adding some stuff to it. Um, and I think, I don't know if you've played around with the progression system since playing, but mm-hmm. they've updated that. And I feel like you're earning stuff way faster now. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're actually, whether you do well in a match or not, just by playing, you're right. able to progress through the levels um, which with way more speed than before. So, so it feels really good now. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy with that. I definitely remember you like, you know, it'd been like five days of you playing nonstop. Yeah, and I was like, like negative I'm, I'm two level, levels or whatever. Yeah, I'm level seven. I mean, the pop tarts or the hot pockets or whatever I got to <laughs> yeah. do. I ate them, but nothing changed. But yeah, um, yeah, that was a bummer. So they've listened to the you know the reception, started to adjust stuff in a way that I think feels like it's just a bit more natural with how you progress. Um, and they also playing campaign. You can unlock multiplayer skins through that too. Ooh, so there's a back and forth fun. there, right? Gives you a little incentive. Exactly. So we got a first one here, Gavin. Bioshock's time period and setting may have leaked. Oh boy! So a little bit of tidbit on that. I have, I have some no B-roll. guesses. I know you teased this at the Game Awards. I teased this as a possibility, but we didn't see any announcements at the Game Awards. I thought right. that was a shoe in. But uh, so this is from GamesRadar.com. The next Bioshock game will reportedly take place in fictional in a fictional Antarctic city. The only speculation at this time, so don't take this as gospel just yet. Sacred Symbols Colin Moriarty reports that the game returns to its 1960s roots. This time in a city called Borealis which seemingly tallies with what other journalists have been told about the project off the record. While we know the fourth game, which will apparently be set in open world, was in development, this is our first tease about where the next Bioshock game will take will take us. There's no confirmed name for the game yet, which will be a franchise's fourth installment, but it's been internally codenamed Parkside. Moriarty believes the team at Cloud Chamber has increased incredible latitude to get it right, and the game will tie in with previous Bioshock games. Ooh. So this is a potential... You know, could happen, but it seems like everyone in the in the journal f- sphere of games says that this is legit. That it's taking place in the 1960s and somewhere in Antarctica. Man, I was still hoping for inside your body or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you had brought that up. Oh god, I forgot about these fucking. Oh yeah, I forgot depictions. this is the B-roll I put up. Yeah, god. you realize this place is racist <laughs> when you're up there. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is crazy. Um. Actually, in my last playthrough, I tried to. See, I wanted to see what happens if you try and throw the baseball. They just yeah, they, it proceeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is a thing. They were gonna grab your hand no matter what. Yep, yep. So this is the last one. Infinite uh, taking place in uh, the sky, and so now you're mm-hmm. in a cold area. But maybe it's more of, and I wonder how they can play off of that. So if it's taking place in, in Antarctica, mm-hmm. so it's gonna be some kind of cold biome, or the surrounding area is this place that you can survive naturally, right? right? Some kind of weird domed or underground city in Antarctica where it's super cold. But I mean, we still have a lot that we could, you know, theorize on where it's, yeah, you have that time play setting still, but who's the equivalent big daddy in this world? What's the whole issue with why they built this place in the first place? Right. Um, do you have that same Andrew Ryan issue? Earth. 
could be flat earth is the the edge it's the edge of the holding all the water in that could be there you go that would actually kind of work that could work in a game yeah yeah just people think that that's legitimately what's going on yeah but that could work in a game oh no i play the shit out of that now please that please please cloud chamber right (laughs) i think we are close to an announcement because Mm -hmm. this was uh, already announced to be in development maybe about two years ago now Mm -hmm. by cloud chamber so they've had a lot of time to cook this thing up and I think we see some kind of CG concept like we saw in the past, and then we see gameplay. Yeah. So I think this year we are going to see some kind of update on Bioshock, whatever the new one is called. Bioshock, it's cold out here. Here we go again. <laughs> I think the thing that kind of, and I, I know this may not be a popular opinion, but it excites me is that we have Ken Levine away from it. And you think I, uh, that's not a positive, not having him there? I think he was, while he's very talented, he also, like, they were changing everything constantly. Uh. And that's why he slowed down production, stressing out devs. Your work is now invalid. Like, it's just a lot of bullshit with that. I think this formula can be done by normal-ass human beings. Yeah. Just give us, like, a setting give us a, a way to play with that. Cause you think about the original Bioshock, it didn't play with the water too much. It did a bit. Yeah. It's more set dressing and look cool and kind yeah. of push the tech around it. But I mean, it like stuff would start flooding. So they definitely did play around with the water a little bit. This one being in the sky, they did fantastically. Sure. So I imagine really lean into that, make the cold mean something going between dome cities or having to survive. I, th- I think they could really knock it out of the park. And if you met, but the story is important. These games have all had good stories Two debatable. I like to, but mainly for the gameplay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What, how are you kind of feeling about this? Yeah, one? I'm excited. I just want to see what this actually looks like. <laughs> and I'm so ready um, to see what they've been working on. And yeah. also, I wonder if they, I imagine they can. The With the this whole series, they've really created iconic villains characters with the original big daddy you have the songbird even the big sister whatever her name is in uh two Uh with the big syringe and she's more like acrobatic and stuff Uh you have elizabeth they've created all these really cool iconic characters i want to see them continue that so i'm excited to see what happens in the next one where what is that new monster that you fight what is this new world with all these crazy and then infant you had the weird patriotic figures like the george washington Steambot robots, like they had a lot of cool ideas that yeah. were just like instant classics. So I'm excited to see if they can hold that same level of, you know, iconic just characters and stuff, set places going on. Right, right. But I'm so stoked and can't wait to them for them to actually show something off. Yes. But hopefully soon. But either way, possibly this is what the where it's taking place and what the time is gonna be. Yeah. Man, this game still looks looks good. It's not that old. Fucking gorgeous. Huh? Yeah, and I, I replayed it not too long ago. I th- I still think it holds up really well. Yeah, and there's a Bioshock um, collection too on consoles, and there's it's yeah. now like five bucks on PCs. I like can get it super cheap. <laughs> Speaking of uh, this style of game, though, I guess System Shock, the remake of System Shock, was pushed to 2020. Yeah, I played the demo a couple months ago. Did you? Yeah, this was maybe last summer. There was a quick demo on either on PC and Xbox, and I think it was on PC. It's cool. It's just I don't know if I like the gameplay at the end of the day. But okay. um, it is cool. It looked really pretty. They did this, you know, remaster uh, style uh, to it and brought it back to life. Um, yeah. I don't know if the full game is going to be something that I'm into, but it was interesting and it looked really cool. And it was very creepy. Huh. But, to, I wonder if the demo is still out there. I may have to check it It might out. be. It might be. All right, Gavin, we got the next one here. Bully 2, possibly back in development. Oh, wow. 
Yes, this has been uh, scooting around online here. Did you ever play this game? I did not. So it was a Rockstar game, but I just <laughs> never played it. I know a lot of people liked it. I know nothing about it. Yeah. Yeah, same. So this is from VideoGamesChronicle.com. Industry insider Tom Henderson stated on Twitter on Monday that he was aware of people being shown a playable version of the game. Bully 2 was expected as a potential surprise reveal at the Game Awards last week. After some people have been shown some material alluding to a reveal soon, he explained. Information is a bit blurry at the moment, and I have to be quite vague here, but if I hear more, I will report on it. So VGC reported in 2019 that a sequel to Bully was in development in the early 2010s, but fizzled out after 18 months of development. Rockstar co-founder Dan Hauser and a handful of his most trusted developers wrote a script for Bully 2 as early as 2008, which contained the first few scenes and outline of the rest of the story. Um, So this could be back in development from Rockstar. Um, Didn't play the original, so I don't know what the... uh, how the story continues, what they would continue on. I know it was kind of controversial even before people played it because you were a kid and there's potential violence because you're like beating up other kids. And then coming off of like GTA 3, you're like, oh, you're going to be murdering other kids and it's the kid murder simulator. (laughs) It's like, it wasn't that. And I think it had a good story that people dug, but never played it. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully so. I mean, Rockstar has basically been killing it with literally everything. So yeah. Uh, Well, Aside from the newest, GTA, yeah, yeah, the pretty... remasters have been have been tough, but their original properties that they've been making sequels on have been you know really dope, and uh, they could really stop yeah. making games and just bank on GTA Online for the next <laughs> right. twenty years. But they're still making stuff, and yeah, we'll see what if that actually gets announced soon or revealed soon rather. Yeah. But apparently, it's back in development a little it bit. May not hold up that well. Yeah, the thing it's like PS2 era, so I'm not sure. Yeah. So uh, move on to the next one here, Gavin. Ubisoft just updated its Splinter Cell trademark amid reports of a new game. As I switch to my right B-roll here. So this is from GamesRadar.com. A Splinter Cell trademark has been updated by Ubisoft amid reports the company is working on a new entry for the series. The trademark filed in December 6th is a renewal of the previous filed Splinter Cell trademark from May 2017. Um, so the recent set of changes removed the phrase interactive multiplayer computer game from the filing, replacing it with providing an online computer game. Uh, that could mean that there'll be an online elements to the future Splinter Cell game, but the Ubisoft is walking back some previously planned PVE or co-op elements. Gotcha. So maybe more, uh, microtransactions or whatever popular Ubisoft things or NFTs <laughs> thrown in there too. Oh my God. Right. Do you hear, uh, Peter Molyneux working on an NFT project It's like, now? it's a blockchain something. And I tap out at once I see that, yeah. cause I don't know what it means. And I know they're very unpopular right now. NFTs yeah. in general, blockchain stuff, Bitcoin, it's like super duper toxic right now online. Right. Um, so I don't know, good luck, good on them. But like Ubisoft had this NFT thing they planned and they kind of walked it back a little bit yeah. after the negative reception. So I'm wondering with a lot of these companies jumping into it, cause it's a really like, you know, popular thing right now. But once you do that, all the reception online is majoritively negative. So it's like, why do you do it? I don't know. Because nobody it's wants it, apparently. Yeah. But if you if one gets through, then that's fucking horse armor all over again. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to games, I don't know how that works with NFTs. And if yeah. it's just another new microtransaction thing that runs amok, play to win kind of stuff, I don't know. Yeah. But I also just don't know how they work. and. I know people hate them. Anytime I'm, I'm always reading online, like to see what the reception is. People across the board are just like, get rid of this right. Twitch that had some controversy too, because they were implementing some kind of NFT stuff and people just roasted them online and they rolled that back as well pretty quickly. Right. So it's like, anytime this pops up, people seem to say they hate it. So 
I don't know who's it's for at the end of the day. I also don't understand the difference between an NFT and a cryptocurrency. From what I understand, it's very limited, right? But they're using the cryptocurrencies to mine or to not to mine, to like solidify or make the NFTs valuable. There's yeah. some kind of connection there. They use right. NFT or the, uh, the Bitcoin or whatever that digital coin is, because it can be different ones, right. to make the NFT give it seal of approval and get actually uh, commit value to it. And then people trade them and they determine value on top of that. So it could, somebody else could buy it for something for more than what you paid for it, giving you money. Mm-hmm. Somehow you get a percentage off the future sales of the NFT as well. So I think that's why a lot of people do find it interesting. And, but it's like, besides the people that trade it, everyone else on the outside either don't know what it is or don't like it. Right. So if, uh, for, in order for that to succeed, it's like, you need to build that base, but the base either doesn't know what it is or it wants nothing to do with it. So I don't know how that grows. Yeah, it just sort of feels like snake oil. And like the fact that we have Peter Molyneux, who's sort of a notorious snake oil salesman. Uh, I think you have yeah. a lot of rich dudes who are like, oh, this is the future. I'm going to jump on that yeah. and pump money to it into it. But I don't know if there's enough people to keep it alive. At the end of the day, I don't know, Gavin, but it is right. a big deal. And it's always being talked about. And sure, we'll see if it falls apart or if or if next week we're, we're getting paid in nfts at our job <laughs> it's either the future or it burns and crashes in a month so I mean, is I that know. not the pokemon cards they're just gonna start paying you in those and that's true i'll take those they'll still have value <laughs> those are big but yeah some uh ubisoft uh news after this one too so that was a potential splinter cell coming up soon I don't know how sure. big of a Assassin's Creed fan you are, but there's uh, this new DLC for Assassin's Creed Odyssey that people are freaking out over. So this is uh, Eivor and Cassandra will meet face-to-face in a free event coming to Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Valhalla. This is from IGN. And I'll switch over to my B-roll. Bam. There we go. There we go. Bam. Oh, boy. We've gone. This is a trailer for that full DLC. Full fantasy. A free content update is coming to Assassin's Creed Valhalla, as well as a previous game in the series, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, on December 14th. That unifies the two timelines. Odyssey protagonist Cassandra will cross paths with Valhalla protagonist Eivor in a new event called Assassin's Creed Crossover Stories. Yeah. In addition to a newly announced crossover event, um, a major paid DLC expansion is coming to Assassin's Creed Valhalla next year. Titled, man, I, I don't want to say Assassin's Creed anymore. Assassin's <laughs> Creed Valhalla Dawn of Ragnarok. The story expansion is coming to the game on March 10th, 2022, and it will take Eivor to the realm of Norse mythology as the character embraces a new role as a Norse god Odin. So Ubisoft, this is uh, saying this is most, their most ambitious DLC pack for Valhalla. It's like this huge chunk of content right? and has to do with more with uh, Norse mythology. Ragnarok's in the title, so it's it's kind of, they're going full force into that world. Right. Um, people are digging this. Seems cool, at least with this concept, this CG stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, this one I meant to play. It came out last year, Valhalla, and it's on sale everywhere. Like I think I'll end up getting this on PC, but I want to try it. I want to see this DLC, see what's going on there. But I feel like they still, Ubisoft gets a lot of shit. They did a good job rebooting or kind of nailing the new um, vibe for these Assassin's Creed with the last one and this one. Uh-huh. So I want to see them succeed with it. And people do seem to like this last one. Um, yeah, I want to try it. But I am think I'm going to wait for this DLC to come out. I'll be curious. Um, are they not doing the Animus anymore? Are we just Is the original plot gone? I'm not the person to answer that. Okay. Uh, I think it exists because I think you still go into these time periods through that. Uh-huh. I just don't know in what, to what point that's involved and how big of a deal it is. Right. But I think they're still unfolding that story along with the past as well. Um, maybe it all gets summed up in that movie that came out with uh, What's-His-Face a couple years ago. What? Remember that Assassin's Creed movie? 
No. I had, uh, yeah, I had uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> not, not Cumberbatch in it, but another guy with the, who's like British. This was real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can find it up right now. Oh boy, it was, was just it it, terrible. It gets for, I think it was. Uh, yeah, it uh, was hit or hit or miss for a lot of people, but <laughs> it was Assassin's Creed, just titled Assassin's Creed, and it had that dope uh, Kanye West song in the trailer. Oh, I'll look up Assassin's Creed movie trailer. Here we go. Yeah, who's the dude? I know his name. Wow. Twenty sixteen. So this has been a minute. Michael Fassbender. There we go. Oh, he's a good choice for the person going in the Animus. He's just a dope all around. Like anything he's in, I'll watch. Right. He isn't in a lot uh, recently too. This is one where you always update me every week. We're like, I watch this one random action movie. This is very much up your alley to <laughs> uh, Gavin, That and like you revealed to me something I had no idea existed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got an update on a Terminator movie. Terminator. Oh, game. Sorry. Oh. I'd be shitting my this pants. This from that studio that made a bunch of bad games, right? No. Well, maybe. I'm not sure the history on this dev. So this is called, this dev is Slytherin, but it's not the first person terminator game that came out a little while ago that was terminator oh. resistance okay. which you know what as i read reviews people that played it i dug it so that's one game i do want to try too and it looks visually looks cool like they nailed that kind of world but <laughs> i don't know how the gameplay holds up right. anyways this game is called terminator dark fate defiance oh. so it is an rpg or sorry uh, uh real time yes RTS, yeah. yeah wow but here's a it's kind of an overview of the world and some battle scene stuff we got the lasers yep this and I watched this a little. It's just a tiny snippet. The Terminator world. Okay, so you can climb buildings. That's pretty cool. Okay. This Terminator world. This uh, story does work better probably in a game than a movie. Sure. And maybe in any attempt we should do with movies, like just put it more into like experiencing the world in a game. Mm. And dropping Arnold, just like having you deal with the future war or having you deal with a Terminator, like in in a current time. Mm-hmm. That could be dope, but maybe its uh, lifespan is better in a in a game than a movie. But mm-hmm. uh, Terminator Dark Fate Defiance is. That really gave me a, a Company of Heroes vibes. Hmm. Was that an RTS as well? Yeah, but you could climb buildings, you could destroy the buildings. Um, there were these huge sweeping battlefields about like this with you know lots of artillery and stuff. So gotcha. Huh. Yeah, I've never been a huge fan of the style of gameplay. I'm sure there's one that will eventually come and, and crack it for me where I dig it, but yeah. I'm a big Terminator fan, so maybe. Interesting. Yeah, well, that was uh, shown off today. Looks like an RTS. Looks like an RTS. <laughs> tell you what. Uh, this game, game, we talked about it before, but uh, I want to show you a trailer. It's, uh, it's actually launching on PS4 and PS5 um, very soon. Ooh. So here's some gameplay from it, but it's called Pray to the Gods. Oh, speaking of, there's another one. Uh, it's like Sludge or something? or Oh, The Gunk. Or... The Gunk? That's on Game Pass today, yeah. Oh, today? I believe so. Well, I'm going home and downloading that because uh, it looks gunk. fucking dope. But anyway, let's give Pray to the Gods. Yeah, so we'll watch but, The Gunk trailer after yeah. this. this oh, buddy. We hitting them Shadow of the Colossus yeah, vibes. It's 100% Shadow of the Colossus. Ooh. and. Um, I'm surprised you haven't played this already. So it's on PC and Xbox. It's coming recently to PS4 and PS5. But you can play this now. Yeah, I'm done. Right? I mean, it definitely looks like a ripoff. But I- oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, so you got some minor guys. Oh, fuck. And see, ripoff or hey, that ge- that dev hasn't done anything in this world in, in decades or over a decade now. Somebody's got to do it. I mean, they're, they're never in. making a sequel. 
So no. just it's yeah, not Blue Point. I, they did the remake, but who did the yeah. who's the, who did uh, Shadow? I don't know. It's not T, is it Team Ico? Yeah, that's they're right. not around that's right. anymore. Yeah, right? that's their team. They're not around anymore. I feel like they're not. Didn't they? Something happened with them. I don't know. They take year. They take decades to make games. Well, so I know. I could see them running out of money. I think they split after the Last Guardian. There was drama there, and then Sony had to pick up the pieces and like keep it going. Oh. But Team Ico was a Japanese game developer. Yeah, so they stopped after Last Guardian because it was a shit show. And I think people, high people in that studio, splintered off and created their own stuff after that. Yeah. But um, yeah. So as of 2011, they are no longer a thing. That's fantastic. Uh, what's that called again? That is called Pray to the Gods. Pray it's, to the Gods. It's on Steam. I want to say it's still like early access or beta, Come but on, I'm gonna put that down. That looks yes. fun, and yeah, it, it does too. a little bit to uh, uh, mix things up. Right, right. Yeah, I think that'd be right up your alley. I'll look up the gunk while you're doing that, and it looked gorgeous too. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, originally they had a different name and they had to change it too for legal reasons. It was. Um, I want to say it was Prey, P-R-A-Y. Oh, no. And it couldn't be Prey to the Gods for whatever reason. And it was then Prey, like um, a hunter seeking Prey kind of thing. Gotcha. But yeah, that is out. Um, I do want to try that. I'm very interested in that game. The Gunk. The Gunk. Gunk. The Gunk gameplay trailer. The Gunk. Bubba Gunk. I'm pretty sure I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure this is on uh, Game Pass already. Or if not, very, very soon. Yeah. I, I thought it was very, very soon. But if it's today, like... I know Aliens colon, Colonel Marines. No, Alien Fireteam comes out oh. to Game Pass today. Colon Marines. Yeah, that's the bad one. God, it's just pretty. It's very pretty. And this, this studio knows how to make a goddamn good game. Uh, makers of SteamWorld, SteamWorld Dig, SteamWorld, Ooh. and then uh, something. And then they made that art. They have a RPG I was playing for a little bit. This one. So the gunk is in two days. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. I'm down. Firewatch goes to Game Pass. Uh, Among Us goes to Game Pass on December 15th. So a lot of Game Pass stuff. Mortal Kombat 11. Oh. But yeah, what's this studio known for? Uh, the SteamWorld franchise. Gotcha. Like SteamWorld Dig. Yeah. I just recognize that name, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a looker. Yeah. Um, give him a shot. And it's Game Pass gate, like, day one, right? I believe so. So... No excuse not to. Right. Aside from the fact that I'm playing too many games right now. Yeah, that's the. I like the goopy <laughs> mechanics physics going on. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there are too many games. Like I want to jump back into uh, RE4 VR. Sure. But I'm just like you know balls deep in Master Chief right now. I mean, at what point do I finish fucking the the Outer Wilds DLC? Oh yeah, you're still on that. <laughs> part of it, it was giving me like stress dreams. Uh, so that's part of the reason I slowed down on it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Well, Gavin, uh, that is all I have for you today. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think I have anything to add. That's uh, we had an easy hour and a half, so I think we're definitely good on time. Yeah, but yeah, so we can uh, end it there. I'm excited to play some gunk. You got to play Pray to the Gods when you get home. Apparently, add that to your list of games. <laughs> At least try, yeah, the first you know thirty minutes, see what you think. But it's a another looker for sure. Yeah, I played a played a whole ten minutes of Shovel Knight. That's my whole twenty bucks right there, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've done that before for sure. Oh boy! All right, Gavin, we'll end it there for the week. Where can they find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Drunk Devs. Awesome. You can keep up the show as well on Twitter at Plastic Art Pod. That's it for us this week. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>